just a few minutes because we do have a lot of baptisms, and that is the focus of this morning. Um, but last night at about 10 o'clock, whenever Josh told me that I was going to have to preach this morning, I said, okay, Lord. And if you will notice that anytime I'm in the pulpit, I only get like 15 minutes, less than 12-hour notice before I have to come up here. Um, very little time to prepare, but that's how good God is. And last night as I was praying, I was like, God, just God, I need your wisdom and your guidance right now. I don't need it in the morning. I need it right now. And as I was praying, God led me to 1 Samuel 17. And for the sake of time, I'm just going to kind of paraphrase what was going on in 1 Samuel 17. And that is David and Goliath. How many of you are familiar with the story of David and Goliath? That's a big one in the Bible, right? So David and Goliath, and I'm just going to paraphrase a little bit of it for you. <clears throat> At the time, David wasn't king. He was just a puny little boy um, herding his sheep, and they were at war with the Philistines. And David was what I would equate to the pizza delivery boy at that time. He was running food to the army to make sure that they were fed. And he heard what was going on with the giant. Now, Goliath wasn't this puny little six-foot-two giant. He was nine feet tall and three inches. I'm five-three and a half. So Goliath was a big giant. How many of you have ever faced a giant in your life? It might not be a Goliath that's nine foot tall, three inches, but it's a problem for you. One that you can't see past. Well, Goliath was like, if anybody has the audacity to come and try to take me down, bring it on. This is in the AKC version, the Amber King Clark. So I'm just going to paraphrase for you. He was like, bring it on. Well, they were scared because nobody had defeated him. And he was a big guy. And here you got puny little David. And he says, okay, I'm coming for you. Well, everybody started laughing. And they were like, what do you think you're going to do? You don't even have the formal training of Anybody in here, you heard sheep, just go back over there, give us our food, and leave us alone because this is our job, not yours. And David said, okay, watch and see what I do. So David went to the river, and he collected five stones. David didn't have military training, so he didn't have a weapon. He didn't have anything. He didn't even have the armor. He just had... God. And he knew what God had told him to do. And that was to take on this giant and to conquer him. Now, if you're anything like me, I would have been like, God, are you sure? <laughs> Just like last night, I was like, God, are you sure? You know, and even at 3 o'clock in the morning, I was like, well, you know, Josh hasn't been sick in like a couple hours, God. I know that he's going to be just fine to preach this morning. I just know that you're going to heal him so that I don't have to stand up here. So, of course, David had stronger faith than I did. Um, but David went to the stream, and he collected five smooth stones. And he had a slingshot. 
And he said, I'm going to take on this giant no matter what anybody says. So today, quickly, I'm going to give you five keys to what those stones mean. Okay? All right. So number one is don't listen to the negative voices in your life. Had David listened to his older brother, he would have stopped doing what God had called him to do. He wouldn't have gone into battle. He would have just stopped right there where he was at. But David said, no, I have the confidence in God that he's called me to take this giant down. And I'm going to do it. So beware of those that are negative and those people that are speaking into your life. you got to shut those voices down. Even if it means severing those relationships. Because God's voice is greater than anybody else's voice in your life. And you've got to be able to be obedient to listen to whatever it is that God's telling you to do. Because if you've got somebody negative speaking into your life, you better bet you need to be doing what God's telling you to do. Because that negative voice is a distraction. And it's trying to keep you from doing what God has called you to do. Okay? Come on, y'all are quiet in this Presbyterian church. The last time I checked, we were assemblies of God. We like to get a little bit rowdy. So the first thing is don't listen to the negative voices. The second thing is, is recall the past miracles of God. And that can be found in verse 34 through 37. See, what David had to do was he had to remind himself that when he was a shepherd, that God delivered the lion and the bear to him to kill, to slaughter. He had to go back and say, God, I remember when you were there for me and the miracle that you performed for me because that's what I'm going on with my faith right now. You took a lion and a bear, and if you gave me the courage to handle that, oh, come on, y'all, it's a lion and a bear. How many of y'all can slaughter that? Really? Nobody. I would have been like, okay, God, okay, I got, I got this. The lion and the bear, he had to remember what God had done before. Because so often when we're in the middle of a battle, we forget what God has done for us in the past. We want to say so focused on the negativity and what's in front of us that our vision is so clouded that we forget what God delivered us from. Like what he healed us from, what he set us free from, the people that he removed from our life. We forget that because we're so clouded at whatever it is we're facing right now. And that's exactly what the enemy wants us to do is not to remember the miracles that God has delivered us from. Where he had his hand on our life when we should be dead. We forget that when we're facing what's in front of us. So the second thing is, number one, don't listen to negative voices. Number two is recall past miracles that God has done in your life. And number three, which can be found in 1 Samuel 17, 38 through 40, is be sure of your identity. So when David went to go fight Goliath, Saul... Being the arrogant person that he was, he said, here, wear my clothes. Wear my battle uniform. It didn't fit David. So had David fallen into that trap and said, my identity is going to be how Saul fought with his wear 
and his uniform on, then David would have lost the battle because it was too heavy for him. David didn't go before, Saul, before Goliath and say, here, I'm coming to you with all this armor. He said, forget that. I got street clothes on. I'm a shepherd boy. I got my staff, my slingshot, and my five rocks. Saul, you're a little too bougie for me going into battle. I'm about to handle this with a slingshot and some rocks. I don't need your arrows. I don't need your weapons because God has equipped me to do what I have been called to do. And so often we as Christians, we get caught up in grandma's identity and the fact that she was saved and she prayed for us that we think that grandma's going to get us into heaven, but grandma's not going to get you into heaven. She's already there and she's been praying for you, but you got to learn how to have your own identity in Christ. Because if you don't have your own identity in Christ, and you're going into a battle, you are going to 100% lose. Because your identity is found in everything else. Your identity is found in what Facebook says. Your identity is found in what social media says. How many likes you got on that photo. How many friends you have. Your identity becomes wrapped up in things that are not important. And so often when we're in the midst of a battle... Those distractions, they come at us left and right. And we are so tempted to put on somebody else's identity because we're lost. We've, we've leaned on other things. When we're in a battle, you know, if you've ever been in a battle, maybe I'm the only one that's gone through storms in life, but... It's like, God, I need you. <laughs> God, I need you. Can you perform this miracle? Like I was last night, I was like, God, I need you to heal Josh right now. Where's my anointing all at? Let's go take a bath in it, Josh. But that's not what God had in store this morning because I do believe that this message is for somebody because I can't even begin to think that only... I'm the only one facing battles. I'm the only one facing a giant. See, if I had not, when I was at East Carolina University, found my own identity and who I was, I would have listened to what the professor said when they said God's not real. I would have listened to what my peers were saying when they were saying, come on, let's go drown our sorrows in a party. So much to the point where when you go to class, you can smell the alcohol coming out of their pores from their sweat. You know, had I found my identity in other things, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. And then whenever I go into a battle, I wouldn't be able to rely on God. I would rely on everybody else. I would be calling mama in the middle of the night. Mama, can you please pray for Josh to be healed? When Josh had his aneurysm, because my identity was found in Christ. And he was laying in the hospital bed on the fifth floor. It was 2 o'clock in the morning. I looked at him and I said, you will live and you will not die. I didn't get on the phone. I didn't call my best friend and say, what do I need to do here? What, what am I supposed to do? No, I said, in the name of Jesus, you come up off that bed of infirmity. You will live and not die. God has a work for you to do and he is not done with you. 
See, your identity cannot be found in anything other than Christ. Because you got to know who to call on. Because we can go back to point number one. If you don't call on the right people, you're doomed. You got to know who to call on and have the right identity, which is in Christ. All right, so point number one, what was it? Come on, I like talking. Number two is recall your past miracles. Number three is your identity has to be found in Christ. And number four, use the name of the Lord. So in verse 45, David said, you come against me with a sword and a spear and a javelin, but I come to you in the name of Jesus, Lord Almighty. So David didn't say, I come to you in the name of David. He said, I come to you in the name of Jesus, the Lord Almighty. Because see, we don't realize how much power is in the name of Jesus. There's been so often times in my life whenever I didn't know what to say and I said, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I just spoke the name of Jesus. And demons fled. It wasn't me having to get on my knees for hours and praying, oh God, please, please, please. It was in the name of Jesus, I cast you out, you come out. You be healed right now in the name of Jesus. When we speak that name of Jesus, there is an authority that takes place. There is power in that name. That is not a weak name. And we don't use in the name of Jesus enough. So often we use in the name of ourself. We do things on our own. God's just sitting back saying, I'm ready to perform this miracle in your life, but I need for you to let it go and let me have my way. Some of you keep facing the same giants and you're like, why am I going through this over and over? This is the same territory that I have faced for years. And God's saying, you need to relinquish that control. And you need to say, in the name of Jesus, I give this battle to you right now. God, you are more than a conqueror. And I am giving this battle to you right now for you to go before me and you fight before me. Just like that song said, God is fighting for us. It doesn't say Amber is fighting for us. It says God is fighting for us. And we so often don't realize because we forget the miracles that God took place in our past that we forget he's fighting for us. He is on our side. God is for you. He's not against you. He's not doing this scheme that says, well, let me see what I can do to take them down or to discourage them. That's not how God works. God is on your side and he is fighting for you. He wants you to win. He's placed you where you are to win, but you've got to rely on him. And that's the, the majority of the battle is giving up control and saying, here, God, this is yours. I can't fight this. I can't win my son over to God. I've lived before them the way that I should. I've taught them. God, I got to give you this son right now. God, I got to give you my husband. God, I got to give you work. God, I got to give you the people that are coming against me and speaking these negative things about me. 
God, I got to give it to you. I can't fight that. God, I got to give you addiction. I've been struggling with this long enough. I got to surrender this to you because you are the only one. You can go to rehab. You can go to sober living. But if Jesus Christ is not number one in your life, it will fail. He's got to be number one. And you've got to walk the walk just like David did. I bet he strutted right up to the line. And he said, watch this. He said, watch this, y'all. Every person that laughed at me, every person that said, I can't do this. You watch what God's about to do in my life. And that's what he did. God took that slingshot. I mean, David took that slingshot. He put that stone in there. He pulled it back. And it hit him slamming the eyes right here. It hit him down here. It went for the kill shot. And I bet everybody standing around went, ooh, I wish that would have been me. Because he's about to be famous. That little puny little kid, the little pizza delivery boy that everybody laughed at. He's about to be famous. But you know what I love about the end of this story and it's point number five? Is you got to be bold and courageous. Because David took a chance and he said, okay, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust that what you're telling me to do is accurate. And I'm going to put faith in you and I'm going to be obedient. So he did. But it didn't end with him just hitting him in the eyes with a smooth rock. David said, I'm going to go a step further, and I'm going to take his sword, and I'm going to sever his head with his own sword. Because, see, this is a great story, and it's a true story, and it happens. It happened. David said, I'm going to kill you with what you are coming against me with. You are going to kill me with that sword. Well, I'm going to take the sword that you meant for my harm, and I'm actually going to cut your head off with it. And that's what we have to do with our giants. Those battles, that storm that you're facing, is we have to be bold and courageous whenever we go into them. So often we want to run and we want to tuck and we want to hide and we want to go into our closet and we want to do the ugly cry and say, God, why, 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 why me? Why can't this end? That's our first response a lot of times. We need to be like David. And pick up what everybody says you shouldn't use to kill a giant and slay that giant. And say, God, okay, I'm ready for the next giant. I just took Goliath down, but now, God, I'm ready to move on to the next level. Because I'm tired of being stuck here. But see, when we rely on God, we are more than conquerors. We will conquer and the enemy will be defeated. But you have to rely on him. You can't tolerate a giant. So often as Christians, we've been facing this battle and we begin to tolerate it. We accept it. We say, this is the battle that I'm just going to have to fight. This is just what God's called me to do. And God sent back there saying, I've called you to defeat it. Not to entertain it. David didn't get on his harp at the time when he was fighting in battle. 
He didn't go to entertain Goliath. He went to slay him. We got to slay the giants in our life. If you want freedom, you need to get authority over those battles that are going on in your life. And you need to say in the name of Jesus, I'm sick of walking this. I'm sick of looking at Goliath. You need to put your little heart down or your little tambourine, whatever it is you want to play and entertain. And you need to say, I am free of this in the name of Jesus. I'm sick of walking this road. And I want the freedom that God has called me to be in. And Goliath, you are coming down today in the name of Jesus. Not another day will I entertain this giant in my life. Not another day will my fingers hurt from playing the harp or me get calluses. We're not entertainers, people. We're warriors. God called us to be warriors. He didn't call Christians to be weak little crybabies that go in the closet. He called us to be the warriors that stand up and say, not on my watch, not today, Satan. I got news for you, and I'm serving notice on you, and that is your time is up in my life. I'm sick of it. How many of you are sick of it? Well, what are you going to do about it? You're going to patty cake clap and say, oh, what am I going to do now? No. You pick up your sword, which is the Bible, and you start quoting the scripture to that enemy that has been trying to take your family, that has tried to take your kids, that has tried to rob you of your happiness and your joy, who has tried to rob you of your identity, telling you you are somebody you are not, and tell the devil exactly where to go. And that is back to hell, because that's where he belongs. Amen? Amen. Well, I'm done. <laughs> Josh always laughs and he says, you go, boom, just drop the mic. <laughs> he, he's so smooth into his transitions. And he just says, you just come in. You just shake everything up in, in sessions and count sessions, and you say, okay, done. Now you do with what I told you to do. It's up to you now. But on a serious note, we all face battles. You, you know, I think whenever people get saved, they go, well, I'm now encapsulated in a bubble, and nothing bad's going to happen to me. And that's not how it is. You're still going to have trials. You're going to have Goliaths. That, that's one of the reasons why the story about Goliath is in the Bible. It's because we learn from that. You're still going to have trials. But the one hope we have is that we have Jesus on our side. That he is fighting the battle for us. That he goes before us in everything that we do. So today, I want to encourage anybody that you feel weak, you feel weary, you're like, I don't even know how I'm going to take another step because I'm just exhausted. I've been fighting this battle. Is today, draw strength from David and the story of David and remind yourself that you are more than a conqueror and that God did not call you to live a defeated life. He didn't call you to be depressed. 
He didn't call you to suffer with addiction. He didn't call you to be sick. God called you to be whole, to be free. Because the Bible says who the sun sets free is free indeed. He didn't say it's bound. He said free. So the God that I serve, he doesn't want you walking around defeated and weary. He wants you walking around like a warrior. He doesn't want you to be a harp player. Now, there's a time to play the harp. But, man, if you look at the news, we need to be warriors. We've gotten too quiet. We need to be warriors that are raising up kids that are warriors. We've got a bunch of kids getting baptized today, and that speaks a lot because I don't want our kids to be a weak generation. I want our kids to be some Davids. So God used David when he was a little boy. I believe that God is raising up some Davids in the back that are going to make a difference and be giant slayers. They're not going to be these little weak pansies that don't even know how to tie their shoes. They're going to be laying hands on people and delivering people in the name of Jesus from demons and setting people free because they've got the warrior mentality and they are not ashamed to back down. But we got to set the example. We have to be the example. So today as I'm closing, I want to give you the opportunity if you've never asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life and you're like, I don't know what this is to be a warrior. I don't know what this is to be more than a conqueror. I'm defeated. I'm struggling with things. Or maybe you've never had a relationship with Christ or maybe you did and at some point you drifted away. Today's your day to come back home. And I want you to know that beyond a shadow of a doubt, when you walk out that door, if anything were to happen to you, that you're going to meet Jesus with open arms. So if you will, bow your head and close your eyes. And I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Dear Jesus, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. Forgive me. Set me free. Wash me in your blood. And with your help, I'm going to live for you the rest of my life. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. I'm just going to pray over us for these giants as they're getting ready for the baptism. Lord, I just thank you right now for every single person that's in our life, that's in here. God, I thank you that you placed them here for a reason that you placed them in mine and Josh's life for a reason. Lord, that you brought them here for this appointed day and time. And Lord, right now I pray, Father, that you touch them. God, that they feel your peace surrounding them, Father. Lord, that the warrior mentality begins to rise up inside of them. That the defeat mentality is gone. God, that you give them strength. God, that you help them, God, to see how mighty you are. That their identity is found in you, Father. Lord, that they see who they are in Christ, Father. And Lord, that they draw closer to you, Lord. 
And I bind the works of the enemy right now that are trying to come against your people. Devil, you serve no place and no authority. And I serve notice on you in the name of Jesus. And I rebuke the spirit of infirmity. I rebuke the spirit of depression. I rebuke addiction in the name of Jesus. I rebuke the spirit of poverty in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you, Father God, for freedom. I rebuke the spirit of generational curses that are trying to get a hold of the next generation. I speak to those curses and I command them to fall off in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you, Father God, that there is freedom in this house and that you are the healer and that you are setting people free right now by me speaking the name of Jesus. And Lord, I thank you for healing and deliverance. And Lord, I praise you. God, I give you glory. And Lord, I give you honor. And I thank you, Father God, for giant slayers in this room. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.